This hour brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Johnny B. I'm riveted to the score. It's the last bastion of talk radio because you can just have conversation and you can let people talk and get an opinion. You know, local radio, that's it. Afternoons on the score. Hello there. Hello. What is your name? Bob. Get the hell away. Especially the loser mentality afternoon show. Hello there, Bob. Oh, man. So I'm doing these shows on a Sunday morning. Robbie Triano actually has been producing them for me and doing a great job. And uh, we'll have Shane Reardon back uh, soon, hopefully. But he's a little under the weather. So uh, we'll be conservative with that, obviously. Um, And Speaks is out for the week, going to the islands, going to the Dominican Republic. But Gabe Ramirez will be in the next couple of days. Anthony Heron will be in on uh, Thursday and Friday, really looking forward. I've never worked with Gabe, so very much looking forward to that uh, the next couple of days. But so I'm doing this show Sunday morning, and I love it. It's fun. I do it just during the playoffs and call it the Parkins playoff show. It's very creative. And I just talk NFL, and I basically, Robbie's always like, who do you want as a guest? I'm like, eh, I'll take care of it. And I just book friends uh, who I want to talk football with, and it's, it's a good hang. But we take calls, and I'll be honest, I do it from home. And, you know, I wake up, and it's not hard for me to wake up for these shows anymore ever since I've had kids, but I'm easing into it. I don't, I don't drink coffee. I'm not the most natural morning person. So I'm just kind of like hanging out. And uh, I got a call from a Bob, but not just any Bob. It was Bob in Downers Grove. And Taney, he called this the, uh, the matchup of the weekend which I thought, frankly, was Mahomes v. Josh Allen. But um, it went down on a Sunday morning with me and Bob. We got a Bob who wants to talk Brock Purdy. The thing about Brock Purdy and and you and Spiegel, like, uh, you know, I listen to you guys every day. And, you know, both things are true, basically. Brock Purdy did, you know, lead a team down and did all that stuff you said. And you believe that Brock Purdy isn't good. Sure, both of those things are true. But the problem is is your your belief doesn't matter, right? Nobody cares. And football isn't a belief game. All you got to do is watch what's happening. It just drives me insane. All you have to do is watch what's going on in football and don't worry about what you believe because you don't know anything. You, you've never – like lined up in a competitively competitively athletic situation in your life. So, well, hold like, on a second, Bob. Can I respond and then I'll let you respond? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Couple things. First of all, have you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I played. Yeah, what, what level of sport did football. you play, Bob? Sure. College football. What level? D three. D three. Okay. So, yeah. Congratulations. Not exactly great football. Thank you. All right. All right. So that's part one. He hits me with the I never played a game at any competitive level in my life. He's right. He's absolutely right. Now, personally, I've also never been president of the United States, but I have an opinion on how the president does. This is an opinion business. I've never acted in a movie, but I can tell you who I think is a good actor or a bad actor. I've never been a chef, but I can tell you if food is good or not based on my own personal preference. I don't personally think that because you play D3 football, that means that you are some sort of expert over anybody else, personally. What level? D3. D3. Okay. So, yeah. congratulations. Not exactly great football. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <God. laughs> Point, Bob. Point to Bob. Point 
to buy. Listen, I've got a book coming out this year about D3 basketball in the NBA. It comes out April 16th. Pipeline to the pros. How D3 small college nobodies rose to rule the NBA. I love D3 sports. I just don't think that because you were a point guard on a D3 team, you necessarily know more about basketball than than anybody else. It's an opinion show. That's ridiculous. Stop it. Like, I think Zach Lowe maybe knows a little bit more than a point guard at Amherst. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that Mina Kimes knows more about football than Bob and Downers Grove. She didn't play D3 football. It's ridiculous doing these credentials things. We're doing radio, but let's let's continue with Bob. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about what. But I'm not. But, talking but about if you're going to bring up my level of, you believe, uh, if you're going to bring up my level of sport, and then you're going to come back at me with D three football. No, but I don't believe that. But I don't believe anything, dude. It's all. I all right, but hold on, Bob. Football. What are I'm you doing right now? Like believe. literally, the act of what you're doing right now is what? Watching football. <laughs> no, no, no. This exact moment, eight twenty in the morning. Watching, what are you doing? Watching football. Watching football. No, you're not watching. But you're calling a sports radio show, right? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Right. At this exact TV. moment, you're yeah, calling okay, a sports yeah. radio show, and right. you are offering right. what, an opinion? Uh, well, Right, you're giving really. me your I'm opinion, just, right? Just, what? This is an what opinion that my, you're giving that belief that was, doesn't matter, which, that which four part, weeks change which part of it My, was my an point opinion. is this, Bob. Which, Obviously, my opinion doesn't matter to Brock Purdy or who wins or loses the game, Bob. Obviously. Thank you. My point is this, Bob. You're doing exactly what I'm doing. The difference is I'm getting paid how? for it, okay? Like, <laughs> we both have opinions. We call into radio shows. How, how, we watch the games. Exactly we I debate them. Do? And then we watch the games. I don't think that me saying Jordan Love sucks made him great. And I don't think me saying Jordan Love sucks means that he actually sucks. I'm just telling you my opinion and trying that's to be that, entertaining. Okay, saying. Bob? That's all I'm saying. So thing. you have an opinion and I have an opinion. And neither of our opinions mean anything Except mine puts the roof over my head. That's the difference. Mine does too. I mean, your opinion doesn't put the roof over your head. Is my point, and I'm not saying that that makes my opinion better yes, than yours. Yes, it actually, I'm just saying. Yes, it actually, yes, it actually does. But my, but I don't. But I'm not saying that what you believe affects what what happens. I'm just saying. You're that saying it doesn't you matter. Constantly, you are constantly. You are constantly. Saying You're saying my opinion doesn't I matter, and it this. doesn't. No, I agree with you, no, except yeah, in the context right, of what, what we're doing right now, which is hosting no, a radio show, Danny, which is all about opinion. Danny, Danny, I'm not saying what you believe affects the outcome of anything. I'm just saying you are constantly sticking to what you believe in the face of what you're watching. Joe Burrow is the perfect example. Like, you want to call Joe Burrow Are you Burrow really going to live in a world where you think that, Bur- that Joe Burrow is not good and Brock Purdy is? Joe is Burrow that what you're is, saying? Joe Burrow, no. Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. But unfortunately for Joe Burrow, his biggest problem is that he can't stay on the field, right? Who is the like, better player, Joe Burrow or Brock Purdy? Joe Burrow. Okay, well then, what well, are I'm we not talking comparing, about? I'm not comparing the two. You, you, you I'm, literally I'm brought saying that you are constantly, you are constantly bringing up Joe Burrow as the example of a generational quarterback, and I am saying he is. Of, no, he's not. You're so stuck on this. Like, if they don't win a championship, they suck. Well, no, dude, I, 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 didn't say, team, I didn't say that. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. No, you didn't say. Well. Uh, no, you didn't. I, I literally that, never made that, that point. You, Straw that is, man, no, Bob. I know. I, I, I'm not saying you said that. That is your implication all the time. The whole thing is just wild. So the context here is I had the audacity to say that I am not convinced 
that Brock Purdy will be the quarterback of the 49ers next year or should be the quarterback of the 49ers next year. But he was the favorite to be the MVP six weeks ago, five weeks ago. Brock Purdy, to my eyes, throws a bunch of interceptable balls that just happened to get dropped. The throw that he had over the middle that Jennings made the leaping catch on was a wild, lucky play where there was an awesome catch. Then on the last drive of the game, he had two nice throws and a nine-yard scramble, and then McCaffrey took it in. But Purdy, to me, is the product of a system. And, by the way, there was a story that came out on ESPN in the last week, six days ago, where Brock Purdy said that Kyle Shanahan sat him down last offseason and said, yeah, you're going to be our starter next year unless we can get Brady. So they tried to upgrade from Purdy to a guy in his mid-40s last year. They tried to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. They traded up for Trey Lance. Like they, they are trying to upgrade at quarterback at every turn. And so what I said was, I was like, I watched this guy. He won, but I didn't think they won because of him, and I don't think he's all that impressive. And then straw man Bob started yelling at me about Joe Burrow. All right, we'll do, we'll do the last part of the call, and then you guys can tell me who won, me or Bob. But only one team wins every year. Right? Like, you no, know, so, I can't get anything so past you. Me, explain to me how Joe Burrow is so generational when he can't even stay on the field for 50% of his career he's missed. Dude, and, and, we like, were not that, talking about Joe Dude, Burrow. Like, how is that generational? Oh how is it generational? I watched him in college. I watched him get into the AFC yeah. Championship we all game. Him in college, I watched him man. win. A, I, I watched good. him get into a Super Bowl, and I watched him take a, a, an organization he, that for a twenty-four year. Has he won anything? He's won he an won. AFC Championship game. That's not a thing. You either win the Super Bowl or you lose. You make now. The now you're you making the, the argument that the only thing that matters is a championship. Oh Jesus! No, I, I don't think that. I think you, that you just, what are you talking about? Bob, do you have short-term memory loss? That is literally two sentences in a row. You said. A little bit probably, yeah. Bob, stop drinking. It's too early. Thank you for calling. Jeez. (laughs) I have, like, anxiety re-listening to it. I don't want to do that. That whole thing is so strange. Brock Purdy, man, is a very interesting case study in how people view this thing. Kyle Shanahan has been in the Super Bowl. They've been winning double-digit games every year. They've had he's been an MVP candidate. He's a four thousand yard pass. I mean, he's, he checks a lot of boxes, and he still looks to upgrade at quarterback. So I think this relates to the Bears in that if they can look to upgrade at quarterback, the Bears can look to upgrade at quarterback from Justin Fields. Texter says, Parkins, if the Niners win the Super Bowl, would you still say that they should upgrade from Brock Purdy if they can? Now, if he throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns and no picks the next couple of games, then obviously that opinion will will change. But did Saturday night, not the, not the winner or the loser of the game, not the final stat line just looking at the box score, your eyes watching the game, did Brock Purdy look like a good quarterback? Not even a great one, a good quarterback. I think that it was clearly no. You could say it was weather, 
that that was the only thing. But he plays in San Francisco. He plays outdoors. Like in theory, at some point, he might need to win a road game in Philadelphia or Chicago or Green Bay. Like it, places where it occasionally is not great weather. I just... Kyle Shanahan after the game is like, well, all I could ask for is that, that game-winning drive. You're not telling the truth. Because you had a quarterback in the Super Bowl and you traded three first-round picks to draft a dude from the FBS in Trey Lance, and you drafted him, you made that trade before you even knew who was going to be there. You didn't know if Zach Wilson was going to be there. You didn't know if you were going to take Mac Jones. You didn't know if you were going to take Justin Fields. You didn't know if you were going to take Trey Lance. All that you knew when you made that trade was that it was going to be a quarterback in that draft, and it wasn't going to be Trevor Lawrence because you knew he was going to go one. But you were so desperate to upgrade a quarterback that you mortgaged your entire future for it, and you got lucky that Brock Purdy is serviceable. And if Justin Fields would have gone to San Francisco, he'd probably still be their quarterback because it's a much better situation. And Justin Fields is much more talented than Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy's in a, like Brock Purdy is nothing special. He just isn't. And I just, I don't know. People look around and they say, like, you're only talking about guys that have won Super Bowls. I don't think that's true. I do want to hold the Bears to a high, high, high standard at quarterback. Because that is what allows you to overcome an injury to Debo Samuel or being the most sacked quarterback in the league and winning a Super Bowl like Aaron Rodgers did or having your team in the AFC Championship game when you have the most drops of anybody in the league like Patrick Mahomes or winning a Super Bowl last year like they did when they lost Tyreek Hill. Or being in the NFC Championship game this year when you're the Lions, when you've got the 23rd-ranked defense in the NFL. Great offense, great quarterback play can overcome a lot of things. It can overcome a suspect offensive line, a suspect coach, suspect defense, injury, all that stuff. We make too many excuses in this town. Oh, he doesn't have the play caller. Oh, he doesn't have the the perfect center. Oh, he doesn't have the number two wide receiver. Oh, the defense let him down. We gotta we gotta watch these games over the weekend, see what these teams are, which is good, which is much better than the Bears, but flawed, incomplete, and be like, damn. There's no reason the Bears could not be playing divisional round of the playoffs next year. None. Absolutely none. Is the Texans' roster much better than the Bears' roster, 2 through 53? Is it much better? I don't think it is at all. But they have a great quarterback. That is the that is the whole thing. It just, man, very frustrating. Very frustrating to watch those games. And it, listen, it, it, makes the, it makes it all interesting, honestly. Because we can all watch the exact same thing and come with wildly different conclusions. And because some of us played D3 ball, some of us played no ball, some of us are, you know, teachers and lawyers and iron workers or whatever, and we're not actually making the hirings and the firings, like all of our opinions count for the exact same. And it's just the debate and fodder and the world goes round. But it's wild to me that people could watch that Brock Purdy game against the Packers and be like, yep, that's the guy. Bob, do you have short-term memory loss? That is literally two Kinda. sentences in a row. Bit, you said a little bit, probably. I might have it too, but he literally said, "I make it to be like championships, win everything," and then he was like, eh. 
Burrow winning an AFC Championship game is not a thing. Like that doesn't matter. Also, for the people at home, this was at eight in the morning. Yeah, dude, it was way too early. It was way too. So early. Bob won, right? I think he might have won. What do you think, Tanny? I mean, he was up watching football. He was. He's a football guy. Real, up watching real it. football guy. Yeah, man. Watch it. Also, he's getting paid for his opinion that we don't know what he's yeah. getting paid I for. I want to listen to his podcast. Is Bob, oh, is that what it is? I was, like, I was wondering if Bob's like a, like a high school football coach or something like that. Yeah, he said his opinion put his roof over his head. Right. Yeah, no, I don't know. He's like a judge. His opinion. <laughs> well, <that's interesting. laughs> he's deciding the lives of many people. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I should have followed up. <laughs> it was the one thing we didn't learn about Bob and Donner's Grove. So anyway. Give us a call, Bob. We got to know. We got to know how your uh, opinion is putting roofs over your head. All right, let's take some calls here. 312-644-6767. Pat, Cedar Lake. What's up? You're on the score. What's up, Dan? What's up, Danny? How you doing? Good, man. Um. So, yeah, in terms of Justin Fields, well, first of all, yeah, you, you, you won that, Danny. Bob, Bob the Clown. Oh, wow, thanks, that was, uh, that, I, I, was, that I wasn't terribly man. concerned, wow. but thank you. No, but <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of the Bears and Fields and the, you know, the, the hiring and all that, I, I just don't think it truly matters. Um, and the reason is because they failed already at the top with Eberflus and maybe not Poles, but I mean, let just take a look at the Packers and what they're doing. And it, it starts at the top. And I think Poles told you everything you need to know when end of this season, he says Eberflus is the guy. Okay, Eberflus is your guy, defensive, not an offensive mind, and definitely not a great offensive mind like a Sean McVay, the Matt LaFleur, the Andy Reid. And I mean, I think there's a really good example there. And you see, you know, they get LaFleur, okay, in 2019. I don't think it was by coincidence at all that him and Gudikins came together and got Jordan Love in 2020. I think it was LaFleur sitting down saying, hey, this is the offense we need to run. It's not going to work with Rodgers. He's getting older, and they had the mind to go find the right talent. You look what they did this year in the draft, and that's what the the biggest point I wanted to make was it goes even deeper than just how's the Bears' offense going to look next year. You got to look at the draft. You know, like now you got Poles, who is still to be determined what he can do, and you got the guy like Eberflus in the room, who's not the greatest offensive mind by any stretch. (laughs) And whoever this Joe. Whoever Joe Guy is that they hired, because you might as well call him Joe Guy, because I just don't think it matters, honestly. So you got two sets of eyes in the room that can't identify great talent like other teams can, like well, a pair, like a guy. But like but but do you, do you do you think that like, polls can't evaluate great talent? Because he's the one who's making the decision on quarterback. I mean, yeah, he, he's also the one making the decision on head coach, and he goes with Iberflus. So he, I think it just like I said, I think that says everything you need to know, like. Clearly, he doesn't care. I mean, if he wanted an offensive guru, or not even that, just a great offensive mind, Ibrahimovic would be gone. He thinks no, Ibrahimovic is the guy. Yeah, I listen. I agree. I that 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 surprises me, Pat. I appreciate the call. It confuses me. I think the first time it was arranged marriage, and now he's going with continuity. I also think it's in play that he doesn't have the full green light to pay Ben Johnson what it's going to take to get him here or pay Jim Harbaugh what it's going to take to get him here because of the handcuffs that the ownership puts on him. You know, and that's just a theory, but if Ben Johnson is three or four teams that want to hire him and top NFL coaches make 20 million bucks a year, which is what Peter King told us, 
You think that the McCaskies are going to pay Matt Eberflus's entire salary, his entire staff salary, to not work for two years and pay out $20 bucks for a head coach who's got offers from multiple different teams? Maybe, maybe not. Listen, I disagree with the Eberflus decision. I'm on the record with that. Fine. But personnel-wise, his main job is to draft, trade, scout, that sort of thing. That's the main job. He seems better at it than most. And so I think that's where hope lies for the Bears. Like The thing is, man, this is, and I've made this point before, this is not a bad situation to be in. You've got a lot of good young talent on the team with a lot of resources to add to it. You absolutely can be playing this weekend next year in the NFL. Two top 10 picks, including the opportunity to upgrade significantly at quarterback, or if you choose not to, the opportunity to add way more picks to build around a good starting caliber player at quarterback plus top 10 cap position. Either way, Bears are going to be good next year. Either way, expectations are going to be for the Bears to win nine or more games. And if you win nine or more games, you make the postseason. And if you make the postseason, anything can happen. If you're playing well at that time, if you're healthy, if you get a particularly good matchup. Like, I think the Bears are going to be a playoff team next year. I absolutely think that. So I might disagree with retaining Eberflus. I have convictions on Caleb. I think they should trade Justin. You know what I mean? But either path, I think the Bears will be a – should be, for next year. Now, my thing is more about five, ten years down the road. But – I think that they, for next year, are in a really good spot in either scenario. We got more people who want to weigh in. I want to talk about how you dealt with rooting for or against the Lions. I know how you handled the Packers, but this Lions thing, man. The Bears keep making the comp that they're going to be the Lions. It's a really damn likable team. It's weird to have football jealousy of Detroit. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. A source told the Parkinson Spiegel Show on 670 the score. I know those guys. Afternoons on the score. Jared Goff is taking the Detroit Lions to a sense their fans have rarely heard. For the second time, the Lions are one win from making the Super Bowl. Mike, you will never be able to stand up about what Dan Campbell has done Detroit Lions. You will not be able to say enough. And I think that Sheila Hamm deserves about that same level of praise. They have figured out a way to make it work in Detroit, Michigan. We saw Aiden Hutchinson as well. Guy grew up in Plymouth, Michigan. He sat in those stands and watched the futility of the winless team of Stafford and Calvin Johnson. And now a local guy takes it all in as his neighbors celebrate. Tariko and Collinsworth on the call. First time with multiple playoff wins for the Detroit Lions in a single year since 1957. One playoff win since then. And I got to be honest with you. I'm rooting for them. And it's partly because I bet on them. 
I bet him to win the North before the season. I bet him to win the NFC. Uh, bet them to meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl at 39 to 1. Gave out all of those bets on the air and on the podcast. That is a part of it. But they're so likable. Dan Campbell is likable. Jared Goff is likable. David Montgomery is likable. How they built the team is like admirable. The stat that still blows my mind, Brad Holmes has been there for three drafts. Every single player he's drafted is still on the roster. No one has been cut. No one has been traded. No one has just been like a straight-up bust. Every single player he's drafted, whether it was a seventh-round pick, a second-round pick, whatever, still on the team. That's insane. And it's a great sports city with passionate fans and – it's not like, ah, those liberal northeastern elites or uh, they, they, they get the warm weather and it's Hollywood and they're all beautiful and like just just, uh, just go out on Broadway, uh, just go to the Pacific Ocean. It's Detroit. And I'm not even saying like Detroit sucks as a city. That's not even what I'm saying. But it's a city that gets crapped on. It's a city that has a perception nationally that is not fair to what it actually is locally much like Chicago, hence why I love the idea of doing the what about Chicago. Stop talking about Chicago. You don't know Chicago. Yeah, we got our own issues, but we're Chicagoans. We're proud of Chicago, and we're working on it. That's how Detroiters feel about Detroit. And what about Chicago, Radio Thank you, yeah. Because personally, yeah. I yeah. hate Matt Spiegel. Yep, yep, yep. We're Spiegs. Spiegs will be back next week. He's uh, scouting shortstops in the Dominican. Um, but I just, their, their fans are great. The city's under, uh, underappreciated and crapped on the coach is likable players on the team are likable. They're tough as hell. They're crazy. I just, I know they're in the bears division. I know the bears will need to go through Detroit to eventually get to where they want to go. So can I have this opinion? but just have it as a like a moment in time. Like, I'm not promising that I'm going to feel this way about the Lions next year or the Lions the year after that. But this year, with the Bears eliminated, the Lions having expectations and meeting them and exceeding them, the Bears having really no expectations, like this year, the 2023-2024 Lions, I like them. I root for them. They're enjoyable. They're a fun watch. And I hope it's Lions Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Is this the one year though? Did the Lions get one year and then you have to hate them? I don't think I will I don't think I will hate them. But I do think that next year there will be expectations for the Bears who played them tough once and beat them once this year. Like hopefully the Bears and the Lions have a three- or four-year run as the class of the NFC North, and it becomes a real rivalry, or maybe they even meet in playoff games. You know, so I I think that this is a this is a moment-in-time take, not a forever take. Yeah, I hope we hate them next year. Yes. Because that means they're playing meaningful games, tough, tight, stressful games against their division rival. Like, that means that the Bears are probably in a good spot if you're hating the Lions come next season, I think. I, I think that's right, but... Taney, you've been a Bears fan. So, so Robbie Triano's relatively new to working at the score. He's in for Shane today. He is from Detroit and a diehard Lions fan. 
So we he finds them very likable. Yeah, so yeah. he finds them likable. So we get yeah, they're it. They're good. We get it. But Tanny, you've been a Bears fan your whole life. Regrettably, yeah. Do you have you ever even really considered the Lions the Bears rival? Well, no. Well, rival, not even rival, but just like growing up, I grew up watching, you know, the Barry Sanders, Herman Moore teams where they had some good skill players. And yes, they would kick your rear end on occasion, sometimes even twice a year because they were just better than the Bears of that era. And I grew up hating the Red Wings going to Chicago Stadium. I'm sure you remember those days. It's where you learn Detroit sucks yeah, and all that. Yeah, absolutely. But I never looked at the Lions as I, the same way I looked at the Packers with, with Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers or even the Vikings. Like every true Bears fan should hate the Vikings. The, the purple and the, you know, the old dome and all that stuff. That stuff never the, goes away. The horn. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Being yeah. jealous of Randy Moss. And Ragnar. They had he, Randy Moss and Ragnar on the same team once. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. No. It, it was never like that with Detroit, though. You always kind of felt a little bad for him, but also appreciated. Like I grew up appreciated Barry Sanders, so that was different. So you were, you loved watching them play because of Barry Sanders. It was, it was honestly, no disrespect, Robbie, it was kind of like pity. Like, yeah, we've got it bad, but you guys are worse, and you're not Chicago. Yeah, the, the Lions have <laughs> never stopped the Bears from getting where they wanted to go, ever. The Bears have normally stopped the Bears right. from getting where they wanted to go. And there was never a thought, if you're a Bears fan, like, oh, Lions, there, there might be a problem, you know, never. winning the division this year. Even that year, you know, of, you know, Calvin Johnson and the, you know, you feel bad about them not winning that game a little bit with the Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that he couldn't catch it. Yeah. That told you, well, he caught it. I but know, they, I know. I know he, he caught couldn't it. couldn't catch yeah. it. That's one way, yeah, to way to bring that up. But, yeah. but that, was a, that was a talented team, but you felt a little bad. But, like, not in a way, like, pity. Like, I disagree with the pity, but it was more like, yeah, I can relate to that. Being a Bears I, fan, I, I can relate to the futility, you know? I, I don't know, man. Like, part of it was pity for me. It was like, they have Barry Sanders, the best, most talented running back I've ever seen because I don't remember watching, you know, Walter Payton. He's the most talented running back I've ever seen. Force him into early retirement. Made him quit the game. Calvin Johnson. Other than Randy Moss, arguably the most talented receiver that I've really ever seen. There are others now, you know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, whether you want to say Chris Carter or Terrell Owens or Tyreek Hill or, you know, he's, Calvin Johnson's on the very short. I was blessed to have root for Calvin Johnson. He's one of the most talented receivers in the last 25 years of, of football. No question. Made him quit, retire, just leave the game early. Like the, So, like, the, the, the Stafford, I was like, this guy's amazing. Tough as hell, could throw for a million yards, could never win anything. Leaves. Instantly wins the Super Bowl. They, they, they win the breakup. Like, this is the team of, like, Jared Goff was the throw-in to the Stafford trade. We mocked Dan Campbell. And now it's like, their GM's awesome. Their offensive coordinator's going to get a head coaching job. Their head coach is, like, the best culture setter that we've seen in the NFL in a decade. Their offensive line's awesome. They run the ball. Their fans are insane. Their quarterback's on a redemption story. Keep going. I like it. I'm just saying it's a it's a legitimately great story. And there's a little bit of like, if it can happen to them. Well. If it can happen to them. They give you hope. Yeah, just like the Bengals. Like, if they built their team, like, as a Bears fan, that's the way I want the Bears to build their team because they were, they were out in the wilderness. They bring in, I think, Chris Spielman they brought in. Like, here's your former legend to kind of help you right the ship a little bit. Then they bring in, you know, uh, an aggressive 
football guy, head coach, no-nonsense guy, but they've been building that offensive line for years and years and years, and they didn't get the quarterback first, which is like sometimes I, when I think about this draft coming up, I get a little nervous. Yeah, I know, you the, and I disagree on this part well, a little like, bit. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not dead set on the opinion, like, but it's, it's something to, to, for you to think about, though. It's like, yes, the Bears line is not awful, but they've been getting all those number one picks on their offensive line up in Detroit for years and years and years. And they have depth and they have an identity and they run the ball. And then they got their quarterback and found a way to make it work like years later, you know, like what a beast Ragnow was by the way. Yesterday. Yes. What a beast. That An guy absolute was. gamer. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Who does that. He's tough as hell. And I mean like Vitae, I know he's been hurt, but he's awesome. And Decker's awesome. And obviously Panay Sewell. Yeah. They, they have probably the best offensive line in football. It's right there. Um, it's, yeah, it's great. And they play fast in a dome. And if Jamison Williams was as good as his draft position suggests he would be, there'd be even more there for their offense. But I just, I think maybe people disagree with this. And we got a few lines open at three, one, two, six, 44, 67, 67. Like there's nothing that could happen with green Bay to make me be like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I'm so happy for that. That's why I'm so upset that Green Bay lost because I wanted to beat them in Detroit. To have the opportunity to, to beat Green Bay to go to a Super Bowl in Detroit, that would have made my whole life. I would have cried. Yeah. Listen, but that's fair. But I would just say if their path would have been three home games and it would be L.A., Tampa, Green Bay, there'd be like a little bit of, oh, the path was too easy. You got going on the road to the one seed as an underdog. I do not care. I, I, I get it. I, I will take a Super Bowl any way I can as a line. I get anyway. it. I get it. But I, to me, they're live against San Francisco. Like golf on the road is not nearly as good as he is at home in the dome, but you're playing in a warm weather place in San Francisco. The Niners look vulnerable. They got blown out by the Ravens, especially without Debo. Yeah, if, if Debo be a problem. if Debo's hurt, they should have lost the game to the Packers. They got blown out by the Ravens at the end of the regular season. They lost in week 16. They lost in week 18. They should have lost to the Packers last week. Debo's hurt. Brock Purdy's throwing the ball to the other team with regularity. They can win that game. They probably need to score 35 to do it, but they can win that game. Yeah, I'm not playing with house money. I want to win. I'm not feeling good. I want to win. Good. Good. You should be. Because people were saying house money was after the first game because you beat Stafford. That would have been an all-time, all-time loss. First home playoff game in 30 years. You play against your ex. He comes into your house and beats you. Like, I felt palpable relief for Lions fans that they won that game. And then you back it up and you win this game and you're playing in an NFC Championship game with a young team. It's a good spot, man. It's a very, very good spot to be. And it's just, it's weird. I don't think I could feel this way for the Vikings. I know I couldn't feel this way for the Packers. But I actual strong rooting interest positive likability vibes for the Detroit Lions that is only mildly influenced by my gambling accounts getting fatter uh I'm gonna be the representative of the city of Detroit thank you yeah you're welcome I appreciate that no problem we got more calls in the state of the Packers very different than the one of the Lions it's Parkinson Spiegel on the score the Parkinson Spiegel Show. I love this. This is my type of party. I love this. Afternoons on the score. I think sucks is back on the table for Jordan Love. <laughs> that was a that was a wild sporting event to watch Saturday night. I mean, 
Like that Jordan Love throw to Dobbs on third and five, where he's like rolling left, but his body was contorted the other way, so he was kind of throwing across his body, and he throws it to him on the sideline. I'm like, oh, good. They've got another guy who can make that throw. That's that's fun. But they just – it just seemed like the Packers were going to win. That fumble recovery by Wilson on the kickoff was ridiculous. Brock Purdy looked shook, high throws and wiping his hand and just so clearly the rain was in his head. That missed field goal by Carlson, the love throw at the end being far He was like, man, they, they felt like they outplayed him for 56 minutes. Shanahan scared, Purdy tight, Debo injured. The, the Bears division, man, you've got to go through a coach-QB combination in Lafleur and Love that's young and set up for a while. The Lions, who clearly organizationally are very healthy, will see what happens when Ben Johnson leaves, if anything falls apart there or if there's any drop-off. And Kevin O'Connell's a very good coach in Minnesota. And the Bears have Matt Eberflus and Shane Waldron. So hopefully they get the quarterback that can overcome the gap there. Some spectacular texts coming in on the lines. And the idea that we're rooting for a a supposed Bears rival. Texter, the Lions are like a little brother that was never very good at much, and you beat him up all the time. Then one day you see him kicking someone else's butt in chess, and you're like, good job, little buddy. I'm still going to beat you up when we get home, but I'm proud of you. I will root for the Packers in the same way that Danny roots for the Lions when they have won one playoff game in 70 years. Probably not. I want to be the Lions, not the Packers. That's the ultimate compliment. I don't know. The Packers would be pretty good to be right now, too. And then Detroit gets Jason Benetti and a football team. I have so much jealousy. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have him, too. Shut up. Yeah, sorry, guys. That's more of a sore subject no, around here uh, than your football team being good, if I'm being completely honest with you. We're going to do a little bit more on Shane Waldron coming up at 5 o'clock, but we got calls here uh, to go. So let's 312-644-6767. Joe is in Elmhurst. He's been waiting patiently. What up, Joe? You're on the score. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so earlier you were mentioning that, like, the future is bright for the Bears and, and yeah. you know, they might make the playoffs with Justin Fields at the helm. Um, do you think those expectations are the same if the Bears were to draft Caleb Williams? I do. I do. I think that obviously there will be a learning curve. Obviously there will be rookie growing pains, but there are growing pains that with Justin Fields and he still needs to grow next year. And we just saw C.J. Stroud get drafted into a worse situation, take the Texans to the playoffs and score 45 in a playoff game. And now it's one of the great rookie quarterback seasons that we've ever seen. But I think that Caleb Williams will have expectations to go to the playoffs as a rookie. People might not say it's fair, but – He'll be drafted into a team that loves Justin Fields in a big market that is rooting for a quarterback. It's not going to be an easy situation for him, but yes, I think there will be high expectations on him. Cool. Thanks for taking my call. All right. That was easy. Ask a question, get an answer. Let's, uh, there's some good ones here on the board. Dave from Brookside. What up, Dave? Hey, uh, I just want to say I went into this weekend, uh, the last time Jimmy G knocked the Packers out of the playoffs, it was an instant party. And I was expecting the same sensation. All I felt was relief, though. I, I didn't. When the Packers no lost, Maybe it's because Aaron Rodgers was gone. Mm. Uh, but it was just, a, I, I was worried that whole game. Like, if they can't beat, you know, 49ers lose, the only people in their way 
are, are Tampa Bay and the Lions. Like the Packers are going to make the play a Super Bowl, and it was it was just huge relief to to have them knocked out. And and there really wasn't the sense of joy that I had in the past. Well, that I think makes sense because and thanks for the call, Dave. Because in the past we went what from two thousand and. 10 to 2022 roughly just roughly where we knew that they had a top three to five quarterback in the NFL and could be in the Super Bowl any given year in Aaron Rodgers so anything short of that it was like okay yes they lost this year it was like wait a minute coming into the year Nobody knew if they had a top 20 quarterback. No one knew if they had a starting caliber quarterback. And, yeah, maybe they had some talent on defense and they have a decent coach and they've been building this guy up. And, you know, I think their win total in Vegas was seven and a half wins. Like, maybe they'll be mediocre. But they were not supposed to be in contention for the division into December, win a playoff game where they scored 48 on the road, win in Dallas, which nobody had done in two years, and they blew him out and have the best statistical quarterback in football for the last seven weeks of the season. Like, this year was straight up like, wait, what? Like, I I it was just like, what? What? It, 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 and then it got scary. And, yeah, I agree with you. I was texting my nephew, my nephew Jack, like, he's a diehard Packer fan. I was like, dude, you guys can win this game. He's like, I know. I'm like, no, 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 you can win this game. He's like, I know. Because he's like, he knows that they're good. And I, the whole time, was just like, I can't believe that you guys are good enough to be able to win this game. I can't believe Jordan Love is good enough. LaFleur is good enough. All of you guys are good enough to win this game. So, yeah, it was that, that was an uncomfortable sports watch on Saturday night. Because in a rebuilding year with that young of a team, the fact that they could have won that game in that spot against that team, yeah, that, I agree. That was that was very uncomfortable, and it was more relief than celebration when they actually lost the game. We will hear from high-profile members of the Seahawks on Shane Waldron. I'll give you why I think he was the best they could do, and we'll give you some of the uh, nitty-gritty X's and O's stuff of who the Bears hired, plus more of your calls. It is Parkinson Spiegel. I'm flying solo on the score.